We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Daily on a Monday, a uh, a big reaction Monday, as it always is this time of the year. The divisional round in the books. College basketball, a busy weekend. All three of our teams in action. Reaction to those. Reaction to all the divisional games. The Chiefs hosting the AFC Championship game yet again. Their dominance in the conference continues. And a lot to get to, react to. I think overreact to is fair today. 869-1240 is the number to call if you want to join the program. Thanks to everybody for listening, however it is that you're listening to us today. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Black, glad to be here with you. Jad Chambers back in the booth for us today. And here we go, Tommy. Divisional round weekend. Historically, usually the best football uh, that the NFL has to offer, in my opinion. Not necessarily the case this week a couple of close games and a couple of games that weren't quite as close but we've got it you'll have the uh, the Bengals headed to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs you'll have the 49ers headed to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles when the dust settles I think there's a very good case to make that these are the four best teams in football wherever you ranked Buffalo in there but here we go the conference championship weekend now looms Tommy happy Monday Uh, and, and and we're close Yeah, it's great to be back today. So much to react to. So much, like you said, to overreact to. I'm looking forward to it, chomping at the bit, getting ready to get in, talk about all of these games from over the weekend. And I'm with you. I think we've got the four best teams in the championship games this coming weekend. So uh, I know we're going to break it all down. I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, and we'll we'll dig into the Chiefs specifically in our next segment. We've got some audio cuts and some things that we'll have some fun with. But a broader look at this, I think, is where we can get things going today. And, you know, you look across the, the spectrum of the quarterbacks playing. You've got all the star power in there this year. Um, it was interesting as the Bengals-Bills stands out to me the most, right? Because we expected the Chiefs to win, we expected the 49ers to win, and we expected the Eagles to win. 
Those were the expected winners of these games. It was the Bengals-Bills, I think, that had the most intrigue for that reason because, and I don't remember where Paul picked on this, Tommy, but you and I have been talking for a long time that we like the Bengals more than the Bills, and we thought the Bengals were going to be able to win that game, and it played out similar to what we thought. And I was just having this discussion this weekend of quarterbacks because it's you know that's what you talk about, right? Water cooler type stuff. You talk about quarterbacks. And Mahomes is at the top. I think Burrow is right there, though. And I think he's ahead of Allen. I said that before the game. And, you know, it was a very spirited discussion of where those two rank in there. And I think Burrow, first of all, I think Josh Allen's awesome and has a chance to be like Hall of Fame good. I think Burrow has a chance to be like top 5, 10, all-time good. He does the little stuff. You know, he reminds me of Tom Brady early in Tom Brady's career. Tommy, that's what he reminds me of. Like, you just can't, you know, you can't define it. He's obviously got all the physical traits and all that stuff. But there's a killer instinct there and a seamed preparation level there that is next level, right? It, it, it is, I think, you know, even even maybe that's one slight category in the preparation thing that he might be the best in the NFL right now of, of the young guys. They just seem to be so well prepared in all the big games that they play in. And that game against Buffalo was a perfect example. You know, it's cold weather. Burrow's got no problem playing in cold weather. Their defensive game plan was fantastic. The Bengals are really, really good. And, you know, I don't know why they lost some games early in the year and weren't as good in the regular season. I had a hard time with them early in the regular season, but they're right back there where we thought they'd be. They were absolutely not a fluke last year. I don't know that anybody, you know, really thought that was the case. And Joe Burrow is right there, right? I, I think with Mahomes right now at the top of the league. I mean, I think he's two, and and I and I don't think it's a tie or anything like that. I think it's Burrow. I think that the thing about Joe Burrow is that he's got all the attributes that you look at uh, to have a quarterback that can put his foot on your throat. Uh, he's got like you know you mentioned the killer instinct. He's got football intellect. He's got a really high IQ. Uh, I don't think you can discount the fact that he's got a ton of talent around him where, you know, yeah, Josh Allen has Stephon sure. Diggs. He's got other wide receivers. But in a lot of cases, Josh Allen has to do a lot himself where Joe Burrow has got really talented receivers. He's got great running backs. Uh, now, the offensive line isn't great, and they were injured yesterday. That didn't seem to matter quite as much for you know Joe Burrow like a lot of people thought it might. But he's got everything that would lead you to believe that he can be a long-term, not only great franchise quarterback, but one of the greats for a long time in the NFL. And I think the thing that people mistake with, Josh, with uh, Joe Burrow is that they call him cocky. You know, you watch his interviews – and I, the one last night after the game with Tracy Wolfson and he made the comment about, you know, better start sending those refunds because everybody was talking about the neutral site AFC championship game in Atlanta. I don't think it's cockiness. I think it's earned confidence. And I think oh, there's I a do, difference but I love in it. that. Oh, I, I don't, do, I don't think it's I cocky. It. I don't think it's cocky. I think he's I think confident, he's... but I think that he's earned that. It'd be, I think it would be cocky if he hadn't have earned it. Like if he was just out there, you know, as a average or mediocre quarterback, and he's just a jerk. No, I think he's I think he's absolutely earned the confidence that he has. So I don't ever take any offense to it. I'm not ever like, oh, that guy's a you know he, he's an ass. Like I just take it as, oh, he's you know he's earned 
the the confidence that he has and that he brings to the table every day. And I love that about him because it gives him an edge, you know, that not a lot of other quarterbacks have. I look, I think he's cocky, but I don't I also think Mahomes is cocky. I think Brady's cocky. I think Peyton Manning was I think you know, to me, cocky is not a bad thing because it's like when you're showboating, like in a dude's face, that that's not okay. But just to have the confidence and to never waver in that confidence, I if my quarterback doesn't have that, I'm pretty concerned, honestly. And he has it, and he does. He has fun with it. And he's going to play himself into somewhat of a villain for a lot of people. And, and that's okay because Mahomes has two, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just that they he wins a lot, right? Mahomes is as likable a player as we've ever had in the league. But it's it's what's coming for Burrow. And yeah, he might have a better collection of wide receivers, although it's probably pretty close. But he, his offensive line's not nearly as good as Buffalo. They were missing three starters. And what did they do? That's what I mean. Like, okay, well, let's just change up our game plan and not give Buffalo any time to rush the passer. I mean, their ability to do that stuff is why I think he's up ahead of people. And and I, I want to know, like, so where does that put Josh Allen? Because this, they, I feel like there was this sort of in the aftermath, like, oh, Josh Allen comes up again short in the big game. And I'm like, that's not really a thing for him. He was, he was fantastic in the game they lost last year to the Chiefs. He had nothing to do with that loss. He was incredible. So... I don't want to go there either with Josh Allen. Josh Allen is also fantastic, but I don't, I, I just don't, you know, <clears throat> if all talent is equal, I just don't think Josh Allen's going to win as many Super Bowls potentially as Mahomes or Burrow because whatever that other thing is, and I don't even know what it is, but it is, right? Like you, it's that undefinable whatever. Burrow has it right now, and we and we're just we're we're getting some of it from Allen, but man, Burrow almost never misses in big spots, and and so he had a big spot. They had a big spot. Coaching has a lot to do with that. Their defensive game plan. If their defensive coordinator Anaruno or whatever doesn't get a, a head coaching interview, like now you've got this guy who can put a plan together to to not only throw Mahomes for fits, but the entire league basically copies it the next year, and he does something. I mean, Romo was all over it. Romo was so good on that call yesterday of trying to, like, identify the different things that they were doing that was giving them success. And and Cincinnati's the real deal right now, and I'm I'm super worried for the Chiefs this weekend. Well, uh, yeah, I, I you know, didn't Cincinnati's really Cincinnati's had their number. I didn't really have any doubt going into this game that Cincinnati would run all over the, the, the Bills. I mentioned it on the show on Friday. I think the Bills are overrated, and I think that their window is closing. Um, you know, Josh Allen is 27, so he's he's got quite a bit of time to go. Stephon Diggs is 30. Uh, they've got a good defense, uh, but they don't have any kind of running back at all. Josh Allen was their leading rusher yesterday. Uh, and that's another difference between the Bengals and the Bills is the Bengals have Joe Mixon, who rushed for over 100 yards. They've also got Samaje P. Ryan, who could start for a handful of NFL teams right now when he's the backup. And the Bills are, you know, trotting out Devin Singletary and they're trotting out James Cook. And neither one of those guys had been effective this season at all. And Josh Allen was the, their leading rusher. But going back to the, the Josh Allen point, I don't have a lot of concerns about Allen specifically I think he's supremely talented you look at his size you look at his attributes and what he can do and what he has done he's a great quarterback but what's interesting 
I think the expectations have been too high for Josh Allen. If you think back to the offseason, he was the overwhelming favorite to win the MVP. And he's not going to come anywhere close to winning the MVP this season. Uh, and so I think that that's part of it, too. You know, everybody had already crowned the Bills in the offseason that they were going to be the Super Bowl champions or at least be the AFC representative. And they lose in the divisional round yet again. And it makes me wonder how much more time does this Buffalo Bills team, as it stands right now, have to have that success at the highest level. And I don't think they've got I don't think they've got a lot more time. I don't think we're looking at, you know, oh, they've got a handful. No, I think they maybe have another year or two, maybe with the current iteration of this team to make something work. And so if I'm a Bills fan right now this morning, I'm devastated because this was supposed to be the chance. This was supposed to be the year. Uh, And especially and and, you know, not that this really plays into a ton of it, but, you know, I've, I've heard the the phrase team of destiny floated around like after the DeMar Hamlin situation and he's at the game and like America's rooting for the bills. And, you know, even people who don't follow football know what's going on with that team in that situation. If I'm a bills fan, the air has been completely let out of the tires this morning. Uh, and, And I think that tells you as much about the bills as it does about how dangerous the Bengals are. Well, look, the bills, bills fans are used to this, right? Like they've been here before they've, 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 been in devastation. It's one of the great things about Bills fans. I I don't think their window's closing at all. I think I think more realistically when Von Miller went down, their defense lost a big piece of what it was. That's replaceable for a really good team. I'd be more concerned about the heat, the appeared heat right now between Steph Diggs aimed at Josh Allen a little bit, that frustration. Steph Diggs is very demonstrative anyway, so maybe it's nothing. Um but that, that I'd be a little more concerned about that. I think they can piece it together. I don't think they're anywhere near done. I think they have really good just players the, and the, a really good coach. The question that I have is that you've built a team in Buffalo to be able to win at the highest level and to get all the way to the top of the mountain and to win. And two years in a row with the team that you've assembled, not only have you come up short, you haven't even made it to the top of the mountain with the team that you have assembled. So I think it. I think the fair question is, what more can you do if you're the Bills to be able to get over that hump? Uh, and we, a lot of teams have, have done that. In fact, the Cowboys are kind of in that a little bit right now, too. I know we're going to talk about, like, what is next for them to get over the hump? And I think that's a fair question for the Bills, too. I think all this time there have been these expectations like, oh, this is a Super Bowl team. Well, maybe it's not because they haven't even made it to the title game in the AFC in the last couple of years. So maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. Well, I don't think I think they were at the beginning of the season, but I think then they had some injuries and they're not now. And 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 we've been on that for a while. Like I I think there's this perception that they are the team that started the year and they they just haven't been that for a long time. And the NFL is the ultimate league of, you know, what happens early on means almost nothing. Like, it's all about what you've done in the last couple of weeks of the regular season headed into the playoffs that mean anything. That's why it was hard to predict Philadelphia, right? Because they hadn't been healthy. They hadn't been doing anything. But, I mean, I don't think you have to look any further than, like, San Francisco, for instance, if you're a Bills fan, is a reason for hope. I mean, San Francisco made a Super Bowl in and was in great position to win a Super Bowl against the Chiefs, right? The roster now that they have is very different than that roster was. 
They probably should have been back to another Super Bowl last year. They're on their third-string quarterback this year and have a good chance. So, no, I, I don't think the window's closing. I think, the, I think the organization right now is set up for success. And I always think if you have one of those quarterbacks, you're going to have somewhat of a chance because we don't know what's going to happen with you know the Chiefs long-term. The Chiefs are an older roster offensively even than the Bills are. Uh, the Bengals are the team, I think, that should scare everybody the most because they're so dang young everywhere. Um, you know, the the Eagles are, you know, going to be a player, I think, for a long time. But, yeah, I, I think that one of the overreactions that will happen today is that the Bills are dead. I, I don't think that they are. I think that they're a really good team. They could not adjust to losing some key players this year. But I absolutely think they'll be in the mix with Cincinnati, Kansas City, and whomever for a few more years at least. Because the reality is three years from now, none of these rosters are going to look the same. They never, I have no doubt. Rosters don't ever stay together. I have no doubt that the Buffalo Bills are going to be in the mix moving forward. When you have Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is a great quarterback, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, you're going to be in the mix. That's nice. That's nice. That's not what Bills fans want. And I think if history shows you anything this year and last year with the roster they've assembled, and this is not an indictment on Josh Allen, it's an indictment on the pieces around Josh Allen that ultimately it's not enough. And so when I say the window is closing, I think if the expectations were to get to the playoffs, to make it to a divisional game and okay, cool, we made it to the playoffs and we made it to the divisional round. All right, that's cool. Pack it up and go home. That's one thing. That's not the expectations for Bills fans. And so all I'm saying is that what we've seen for the last couple of years, they haven't been able to get it done. And so I've said it before, like, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results with the way that roster is built right now. I'm not convinced they might be in the mix, but I'm not convinced they're a Super Bowl caliber team moving forward. Yeah, um, I, I think here's here's where I'll like the difference between the Bills and the Cowboys right now. Cowboys have no chance with this with this current regime every like no chance. And and I knew that coming into the year and shame on me for, you know, them winning a playoff game and me like, mm, well, maybe no. No chance. The Bills are not in that like no chance mode at all. Like they they've got plenty of time to tweak and work this roster and you know, do whatever it is that they need to do. I, I think theirs is more a, a symptom of the Bengals both out-prepared and outplayed them on Sunday. The Cowboys never stood a chance. Like, they just, they're not, like, so there's differences in in teams and, like, who's got, who's okay and who's not. Um, I mean, you see it, who else was in the playoffs? Tampa, not okay, obviously. Uh, who lost last week? Baltimore, we don't know. I mean, there's just there's a difference to me in teams that need to blow it up and start over. The Vikings, like it's hard to see a path for the Vikings, right? They've tried so many times and it just isn't going to work. And like whatever, I don't think the Bills are there. I, I the Bills to me next year, depending on how the offseason goes, will be one of the one of the probably three top teams to it'll it'll probably be Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo again, honestly. Um, you know, depending on on what happens in the off season, and off seasons matter too so much when you're this close and and this you know tightly wound, and and we'll see it this weekend. Chiefs Bengals, man, I cannot wait for Chiefs Bengals. I cannot wait for Chiefs Bengals because I 
I am such a fan of both of those quarterbacks, both of those coaches, both of those, like all of it. I just like, like just from a watching a football game perspective, that's going to be so good. Let's talk about the Chiefs. We'll take a break, 869-1240. We'll go over their game with Jacksonville. Uh, we'll relive some of it, get you some audio played back on that. Jad's got some cuts ready to roll. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. Stagger. McKinnon sprints in motion to the near flat. Mahomes now steps up in the pocket, throws late wide open back in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Marquez Valdez Scantling on a six-yard touchdown. And are they helping Mahomes up here? He is limping off the field. He's going to trot off. Holmes and the Chiefs get it done again right back in that AFC title game. Uh, I thought that, you know, Jacksonville, it's just really impressive what Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence were able to do this year. And if that progress continues, I'm pretty curious to see how much in the mix they may get with these other juggernauts uh, of the AFC. Mahomes get it said done again. You heard the limp portion of that call from Mitch Holtis, Tommy. That obviously becomes the top storyline, both during the game, after the game. Mahomes, uh, Jay Glazer reporting yesterday, so one day after the injury, that x-rays were better than they suspected. So that's certainly good news. Uh, Let's go to some sound after the game if you missed any of this. First, we'll hear from uh, Patrick Mahomes and then Andy Reid on that injury suffered during the game that he was was able to come back from. I didn't want to go get the x-rays or whatever it was. I wanted just to continue to play. Um, I told him I would do it at halftime. Um, but uh, Coach, I mean, in the best interest of me, uh, just made he made me go back there and, and get that x-ray before he put me back in the game. And I ran back there, got the x-ray, and was able to play uh, finish the game. And then Andy Reid talking about the decision to make sure Mahomes was okay. It was hard getting him out of the game, first of all. Uh, he wanted to fight, and so it, we got him out, went to the x-ray, got, got an x-ray, looked at, taped. Uh, he came back, and he said he felt good enough to be protected, you know, where, where he's not going to get hurt. Uh, that's obviously the primary thing. Um, and he felt like his mobility was good enough where he could do that. So um, we did a few little things with him on the sideline to see where he was at, put him in, and it was a short leash. Uh, so if I felt like he was, wasn't able to handle it, he would have been out. So there you go. Uh, Tommy had a lot of things going through everybody's head at that moment. And honestly, what went through my head was that I asked this question and it was absolutely an overreaction, but it was just like it popped into my head. Like all things considered with fit and everything else, is Chad any the best backup quarterback situation there is in the NFL, and then, and then a few people are like, oh, Brock Purdy probably deserves a nod. It's like, okay, that's, good. that's a good point. But Henny came in, and all he did, what, was march him down the field 96 yards and score a touchdown. Uh, so crisis averted, I think. I, I Honestly, I don't think it's going to be much of a factor this week. But it was a relief to see Chad Henny do that. What a valuable piece to have in the holster for the Chiefs even if it was just for that short amount of time, 
But, I mean, I think if Chad Henney stays in that game the entire game, Tommy, the outcome is probably the same, which is a huge tip of the cap. I think Mahomes is fine, though, and and it's probably not something we need to pay a whole lot of attention to until the game plays. If they were to do something where you could tell they changed the game plan up a little bit, but this is Mahomes' chance at revenge for Cincinnati. I, I just don't think this is going to be too big a deal this weekend. Yeah, remember the last time that Patrick Mahomes was injured in a playoff game? Uh, he had a concussion, and he had turf toe. Uh, and he came back out the next week in the AFC title game and played outstanding. Uh, and every injury is different, right? But you're not going to keep Patrick Mahomes out of an AFC title game uh, at home. Uh, it's just not going to happen. And so, yeah, he's got an ankle sprain. Yeah, I'm sure he woke up this morning, and it is awfully painful. I'm sure it's going to be awfully painful this entire week. But I argue that Patrick Mahomes on one leg is better than a vast majority of quarterbacks in the NFL on two legs. Uh, and so the fact that he was able to come back out into the game in the second half um, you know, tells you all you need to know about Patrick Mahomes, tells you all you need to know about the injury that he sustained. Uh, and And... I don't have any concerns whatsoever about him moving forward this weekend. Now, that being said, the Bengals have a good defense. And also, I, regardless if he plays, his mobility might be impacted somewhat in this game. We know the escapability of Patrick Mahomes is one of the trademarks of his game. Scrambling is one of the things that he does so well, creating something out of nothing. He's so good at that. And he might be a little bit limited in that regard. But just that I think that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Matt Nagy having a whole week to game plan, knowing that their star quarterback may be a tad bit limited as far as his movement and mobility, they're going to be able to put together, you would think, packages and plays and schemes to be able to put him in the best position possible. So I don't have a ton of concern about that. And to your point about Chad Henney, um, We've seen him do that before. We've seen him come into games when needed. And that was the turning point of the game. You know, the, the Chiefs were deep in their own territory. They started their drive on the two-yard line. And Jacksonville's defense swarming for most of the game. And they could have easily gotten the ball back and scored. And then it would have been a completely different ball game at that point. So the fact that Chad Henney and the rest of the offense came out and said, all right, we're going to take this over and we're going to make sure that, you know, if we can get Mahomes back, that we're going to give him a good position uh, to be in. They were absolutely able to do that. So hats off to Chad Henney. Hats off to Travis Kelsey, who kind of became the de facto leader of that offense in Mahomes' absence. Uh, that was that was unbelievable, and that was the turning point of the game. Well, he and Isaiah Pacheco, and that was impressive from Pacheco too because he had to have it in that moment. I think what's interesting about Henney, and by the way, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm far more worried about the Bengals out-scheming the Chiefs, the last handful of times they've played, more than I am a Mahomes injury. That worries me more. Uh, but, yeah, Chad Henney, you know, as he gets older, if this if this was the Chiefs' offense last year, I'd be a little more concerned, but they've redefined themselves so much on not relying on the deep ball or anything like that that I think he's probably, you know, serviceable in these moments. It, it's so funny. Think back to the conversations we had at the very beginning of the season, Tommy. Like, there was real concern that the Chiefs wide receiver room wasn't any good. And we kind of saw it get better, and it was like, oh, okay. It's it's not that good. Like, it's not very good at all. But it doesn't matter. And that is, like, that still, to me, just blows me away how much they have redefined themselves offensively. 
because they get almost nothing out of the wide receivers every week. But it's okay because they spread the ball around so much. And obviously, Travis Kelsey targeted 17 times in that game. He caught 14 passes. Okay. I mean, that's that's just that's insanity. Uh, and probably, you want to say it's not sustainable, but it kind of feels like it's sustainable. Uh, Kadarius Tony, It's always sustainable. It always is. I, I know. It's wild. It's wild. Like, the defense knows what's coming, and they can't stop it. Uh, that... Kelsey in the game against Cincinnati and how Cincinnati defends him is probably the number one storyline going into that game. But Tony was a little bit better, right? They spread it around. They're running the ball better than they have. But we'll see. I, I don't know. It's just it's it's awesome to see all the little things that the Chiefs have done to get back to this spot. So many things have changed in the five straight years the Chiefs have been in this spot. Yet here they are. And you know, they, yeah, you'd like to see him have another Super Bowl in that mix uh, to really validate it. But it's it's just wild to see it happen. And and this weekend's going to be tough. Uh, we know it's going to be tough. The line, is, I think, opened at like three and a half and immediately dropped to like one and a half. Now it's at one, I think. So it's basically going to be a pick em. And what that tells you is people are, you know, super confident in the Bengals here. And it's yeah. like home field has almost already been dissolved in this game and honestly I get it like I don't I don't disagree with it necessarily I don't know how I'm gonna pick this game I'll probably follow the silly gut thing of like there's no way Burrow's gonna get Mahomes again even though there absolutely is a way right like we could totally see that happen the Bengals might be a better team this year um it's a good question if you look at everything besides quarterback and we've already established that we think these are the top two guys. Which roster is currently better? I don't know the answer uh, to that. It's probably I, okay. the Bengals. Yeah, it's if probably we're talking the Bengals. Yeah, if we're talking about just solely mm. roster makeup, it's probably the Bengals. Now, I think getting the most out of the roster, it's probably the Chiefs. Um, I mean, it's yeah. a very evenly matched game now. The other thing to keep in mind is that when we've heard this before about um, what, what's the nickname sometimes for Mahomes, Petty Patrick, and you know all the different times. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. So no, when it, it was back when he was, I think he was picked like I don't know fifth or something like that in mm. um, some kind of poll. And remember, he scored a touchdown. He started counting on his fingers. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so he he can be petty in that regard. I don't like that um, stuff, but yeah. But I'll tell you. You, you better believe that he knows that in the year 2022, they played the Bengals three times and they lost all three times. And that doesn't happen uh, for Kansas City. And so you, you better believe that he knows that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think that going back to your point about the way that this game could potentially play out, it goes back to what we talked about last week, approaching the Jaguars game. And remember, we talked about if Kansas City can avoid turnovers, they've got a good chance to win the game. It shouldn't it shouldn't be that difficult sure. for them to beat Jacksonville. They didn't turn the ball over. It was a clean game. No interceptions from Mahomes. No fumbles. No turnovers at all. And if they can continue that streak against Cincinnati and play a clean game, of course that's going to give them a better chance to win. But especially, I mean, you're going up a tier as far as talent is concerned from Jacksonville to Cincinnati, it becomes that much more important 
to not turn the ball over. Against Jacksonville, it was kind of like, okay, if they don't turn the ball over, then it should be a comfortable win. If they don't turn the ball over against Cincinnati, that's going to give them the best chance to win. So yeah, it's a it different kind of scenario. Right, right, exactly. So you absolutely cannot afford any kind of turnovers in the AFC title game against a team as talented as Cincinnati. They need Chris Jones to get his first playoff sack. They need playoff Frank Clark to be good in this game. I think the path for the Chiefs is a pass rush, but they had a great pass rush against them last time. The you know, and and I would say the path is to stop the Bengals run, but the Bengals haven't been running the ball that well against anybody anyway. I, I think the the touchdown in that conference championship game was was it the first for Mixon since he went off in that game, something like he that. He did rush for over a hundred yards though. Yeah. He he was he was and and the game script definitely helped him do that and he was a big part of that win. The Chiefs will have to stop the run. I think that they can. The Bengals are going to have to stop the run because I think the Chiefs would like to run the ball a little bit. Um, I mean, you know, collectively as a team, maybe get around eighteen carries. It, it, it's it'll be fascinating, and and we'll need the entire week to digest it a little bit and really dig in. But just at the surface, like I I don't see some path here to either team like what's the team's very clear path to getting a victory I don't know what it is I mean for Cincinnati I would think it stopped Travis Kelsey but you know for for Kansas City I'm not sure what I think it is because Pat we saw Joe Burrow get to the Super Bowl with one of the worst lines ever so yeah they're missing their linemen but I didn't phase them against Buffalo it's like a total non-factor in that game well, I'll tell you that one of the keys in my mind right now, as I said, it could change as the week goes on. But one of the keys is continuing to have success with Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I mean, the, the dude rushed for over seven yards of carry against Jacksonville. Going to be different against the defense that the Bengals have. And uh, you mentioned Lou Anaruma earlier in the game. He's a great defensive coordinator and he's given Kansas City fits uh, in the three previous matchups. There's no doubt about that. But Pacheco, you would think that Kansas City offensively, they've got to feel a lot more comfortable with who they've got personnel-wise running the football than they did earlier this season. And, you know, I think it's I think it's fair to say there's been a clear upgrade in Isaiah Pacheco than when you had Clyde Edwards-Elair running the football. And so the fact that Pacheco rushed for almost 100 yards uh, on Saturday against Jacksonville, averaged over seven yards a carry, um, and especially knowing that Mahomes might be a little bit limited in his mobility and that the the Bengals are going to definitely try to take away Travis Kelsey. You would think that they need to make sure that Pacheco is able to get clear running lanes and have a lot of success. I, I agree. Um, but you got, you know, you can't just run it into a brick wall either. You got to be able to abandon ship pretty quickly. I think, you know, most of the time you're like, Oh, you got to stick to that game plan. Nah, if it ain't working early, I think you're going to have to get away from it pretty quickly in that game. Um, all right, let, let, we'll, we'll talk about the dadgum Cowboys when we come back to wrap up this hour, and then we'll I talk, can't a, little, wait. We'll I talk can't a little wait. college hoops in hour number two. Um, so that's what's coming up. What's on tap on Sports Daily? We'll do that. Stick with us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Get it out of the way. Uh, I choose the shorter segment here on purpose. Cowboys, 19 to 12 losers. Didn't expect them to win the game. Um, I told you Friday I didn't like to match up all these things. And honestly, they played it perfectly. They stopped the run. They had every opportunity to win the game. It was bad Dak, right? We saw good Dak the week before. It was bad Dak in this one, and it was awful clock management in this one and it's just wash rinse and repeat it ain't happening for the cowboys and i don't know what the answer is i think you got a better chance with dak and someone else than you do with mccarthy and someone else so i don't think you know like getting rid of dak is the answer but man like it it ain't gonna work like you just and i don't know what you do if you're jerry jones they want a playoff game it's. I, I don't think they're going to make any changes to the coaching staff. I told you last year, I, I, I really hope Kellen Moore gets a head coaching job somewhere. Like, I would love for that to happen. But what will happen is Dan Quinn will, and Kellen exactly. Moore won't. And it's like, well, crap. Because the defense <laughs> was really good. Yeah. Um. And, and the offense is just so ill-prepared so often. I mean, it was a joke watching the Cowboys try and, and, and always has been trying to do anything with urgency or like, those really key moments where preparation is key. Like, no. And and a lot of that's on Dak, but a lot of that's on game plan, too. Like, what are you doing? Um, well, they should have never management. been in that position to begin with in the first place. Um, I don't know. I, I Early in that game, I watched the first interception that Dak threw, and I, I think I audibly said it out loud to my wife. Oh, boy. Here we go. Like yeah. that did not look good. And like, that's my first Dak. thought was, yeah, my first thought was that's not going to be the only one that he throws today. And you can tell it's weird. Like when you watch Dak, you can tell when good Dak is going to arrive and when bad Dak is going to arrive. Like, it's just kind of bizarre. Like you can, and I don't know if it's body language or mechanics or, or what it is, but you no. can tell when bad Dak has arrived and it was bad Dak yesterday. I think it's game um, plan. I think it's game plan. Yeah. Like he, he just doesn't. There are times where he always puts it in the right place on time. Where, 
And then there's other times where it's like, I'm going to run the play that's called no matter what and just throw it where I think it should go. I mean, he could have had four interceptions in that game. Easy, easy. Now Should have had three. There was the pick six that was dropped at the end of the game. Well, yeah, that. There was the uh, one in the end zone where he tried to rifle it in there. And like yep. it was just... It's amazing to me, and and they had a really good chance to still win that game. I mean, the defense played out of its mind, and and it'll be interesting to see what the perception on San Francisco is, because they did every everything you know enough to win the game, and and their game plan, as we all knew it was going to be, it would be to run the ball. That's going to be their game plan every week because they don't want to put too much on Brock Purdy. It's what Kyle Shanahan does, and it was still enough. Their defense is really good. They had the big plays when they needed them. They have. So many playmakers, and they're they're going to be just fine. But if you're you know if you're the Cowboys, if you're Jerry Jones, like I don't know what I I don't I just don't think it's solvable. I think is can the I most depressing say, thing. Can I just say that it is coaching malpractice to let all of that time run off the oh, clock just... when you're punting the ball away, you know, getting close to the two minute warning. Like yeah, the. When they got the ball back, and I, I mean that was that was a bonus uh, for the Cowboys because who was it? Elijah Mitchell ran out of bounds and shouldn't have ran out of bounds, and that gave the Cowboys right. a chance to get the ball back. Uh, so that should have never happened. But when they were running all of that time down before the two minute warning, and they couldn't get organized on the field to get the punt off, uh, those are things that you should be prepping for and planning for every single week. You should know what your personnel looks like, and the time it's going to take you. Like, I don't even have an issue, and I know that the Cowboys have been mocked relentlessly for the final play of the game with, you know, Zeke yeah. Elliott getting blown up. I don't, I mean, yeah, that was stupid. It was a stupid You're play You're not going to get that play anyway. It, it doesn't I mean, matter what you call. It's not going to work right. for you. So whatever. Like, that's a non-factor at this point. But I think that they should be relentlessly mocked for the time it took for them to get a punt off before the two-minute warning because that wasted so much time that they could have had a realistic shot to get the ball back and actually go down and score. Take it back further. When you made the third down stop and you knew San Francisco was going to kick a field goal, you can save yourself 40 critical seconds by taking that timeout then. The one thing, and this is, it is coaching malpractice, and it drives me insane when you absolutely know time is going to be a factor in this game. And I don't care if there's four minutes left on the clock, five minutes left on the clock. I don't care what it is. If you know what the other team, if you make a third down stop and the other team is either going to punt or kick a field goal, you call the timeout because what can you do, right, when you do ultimately get the ball back? You can always clock it and force a timeout that way. You can never get that time back, which you know you're going to need. It is it is the simplest time management thing ever you know for a fact that you will need that time later why would you ever let 40 seconds run on the clock you can get without timeouts three plays called in 40 seconds yep by clocking the ball yep and and if you don't have 40 seconds you can get zero of those plays it's and that's the kind of stuff where you're just like like you feel like you're playing checkers when everyone else is playing chess like you Going into that game, I can't tell you how the, the lack of confidence in knowing that Mike McCarthy was going up against Kyle Shanahan. Just like, ah, I, I, you know, there are going to be key moments in this game where we just get outcoached. And, and 
you know, it happened. It happened yeah. several times. And Kyle Shanahan had a bad time management thing, too, in the game, by the way. Uh, but it's just it's the same thing over and over and over. So we're sitting there watching the game last night. I put I put my son to bed and, and came back out and my wife was on the couch watching the game. And, and I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, wow, like there's only three minutes left. Uh, like it, it went down quick. And Morgan looked at me and she was like, they only have three minutes. Why aren't the Cowboys hustling? Like, why aren't like they? And I was like, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. Like, they, there was no urgency. They didn't act like they were in a rush whatsoever. And then even when you get to that, and I call it a bonus drive because, like I said, they should have never gotten the ball back. But when they did get the ball back with 40-some seconds left and no timeouts, there was still not a ton of urgency. Uh, and there was that they got a first down, and the clock didn't stop. I think it was that play that Dalton Schultz got bumped out of bounds and the clock continued to wind. If you're Dak Prescott, why don't you run up and clock it? Why don't you cl- – yeah. he didn't clock it. He just like – Well, I get the, the playoff the... quickly, but it doesn't matter. They, they just – like you get to those moments and you know you don't have a chance. And that's what's – like the Cowboys get into that spot and you're like, they have no chance here. None. If the Bengals or the Chiefs or the Bills – like you're sitting there thinking, all right, I like our chances. We got a minute here, right? Like it, it, the difference in that is so staggering. And and it is everything, right? Like you don't you know that if you don't play a perfect game, you don't have a chance. And the Cowboys offense, I I, I took a bet before the weekend started that CeeDee Lamb would have the most receiving yards of any receiver. It hit. But it hit for the most obvious reasons. Because the Cowboys aren't gonna be capable of doing anything else because there's no creativity. Like, that's all they're going to do is just throw it to CeeDee Lamb. And, it, and he was great in the game, but, like, that that's it. Like, what else are they going to do? They literally don't have anything else that they can do offensively. But yet, at the same time, there's the argument that you're making that they should keep Dak. That that's all they're going to do? Well, then, I mean, like, I mean, you are kind of married salary, to at this point. but Because I mean, of the God. salary and everything else, they just don't have another choice, right? Like, they, my, my point is there's, there's almost no chance that— it's going to get done with that, but there's a better chance it gets done with Dak and somebody else than McCarthy and somebody else. That's that's my. There's that's saying, almost no chance like it gets saying, done. Would you with rather? I would you rather get shot or would you rather get stabbed? Like it's kind of the but same thing, right? He's under contract. There's not a whole lot they can do. There's if they went and put Dak Dak Prescott on the trade market, they're not going to be. Nobody's going to do that. Not not for that money. Maybe they would. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be weird in Arlington, or they'll just do the same thing they always do and run it right back. Uh, all right, 869-1240, we'll shift to some college hoops when we come back. K-State, statement, KU, are you worried? And Wichita State uh, does what it needs to do over the weekend in, in uh, exciting or scary fashion, but they get the win. We'll talk about it all in Sports Daily Return. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.